It's 11 minutes before the hour. You are listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, February 14th, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. State health officials reported 28 coronavirus infections in Sitka on Wednesday and Thursday, taking down the seven-day average to 94. The number of cases associated with Sitka school district buildings has dropped to five. Statewide, new infections were down 42 percent over the last week. A total of 681 new cases were reported on Thursday, continuing a downward trend that began in mid-January. All communities in Alaska are still under high COVID alert. Sitka will remain at high until the seven-day average drops below nine. Students spoke out Wednesday about allegations of racism in the stands at a recent Ketchikan High School basketball game. The school district launched an investigation into what it describes as racial insensitivity after photos circulated of Ketchikan High School students dressed in cowboy boots, cowboy hats, and other Western attire at a game against Alaska's only Native reservation. KRBD's Eric Stone reports. Emotions ran high in a packed Ketchikan school board meeting on Wednesday. Students shared their thoughts on a recent high school basketball game between Ketchikan and Metlakatla during a portion of the meeting set aside for public comment. Ketchikan senior John Bullock said he was playing in the band during Saturday's game. He's a member of Ketchikan's federally recognized tribe, and he's of Clinkett and Haida descent, and he says there were outbursts from his high school's fans that troubled him. There were what so looked like and sounded like Indian war cries while the other team were going up for free throws and bird calls and barking at the other team. And this made me feel really uncomfortable at the games and... He paused briefly to compose himself. I'd like to ask what are we planning to do about this to make sure it doesn't happen? Tribal governments in Ketchikan and Metlakatla and a regional Southeast Alaska tribal government have all issued statements condemning the Ketchikan basketball fans' antics. John's sister, Crystal Bullock, also a member of Ketchikan's tribe, was also overcome with emotion as she testified to the board on Wednesday. She says it's been tense at school, with some non-Native students dismissive of their feelings. It has been the past few days where things have been pointed towards myself and other Natives in the school that were sensitive about everything and about all this and that nothing, kids have been telling me that nothing was said. The Ketchikan Pep Club's student president was in attendance at Wednesday's school board meeting but didn't address the school board and declined to be interviewed. But other Pep Club members did speak. Braden Heath says his Pep Club's Western theme was not meant to reopen historical wounds by riffing on old cliches of cowboys and Indians. I can say with complete honesty there was no intent to offend anyone. Since it was brought to our attention, we've all talked about ways to avoid this in the future. We all feel badly that some people felt like we were attacking their race. As that was truly not the intent, I apologize. I hope we can all work together in the future to prevent this type of misunderstanding. I'd like to say respect for all my fellow classmates as well as our neighboring schools. Ketchikan sophomore and Pep Club member Stevie Cam said in an interview that she was at Saturday's game as well. She reiterated that they were rooting for their basketball team and got competitive, but insisted they didn't cross any lines. Like, our Pep Club could be jerks, but we're not racist. She says in the days since the game, as word spread across the state, the backlash has been intense. It's really chaotic, especially with everyone coming out of throats, mostly adults. We had a few adults from Met compares to the KKK. Cam says she didn't hear any hateful language coming from her side. No racial slurs were 
even said, but even if it was one person, it doesn't make your whole town racist or even your whole pep club. But even so, Crystal Bullock says Saturday's basketball game has reopened old wounds. Even if it was just a few kids this weekend, it was still offensive. She said she was speaking out because her mother had taught her to stand up for what she believes in. Something she has told me is that you have a voice and use it. The school district says its probe into the basketball game is expected to wrap up by the end of the week. Ketchikan's superintendent told the board she wouldn't comment on the incident until it does. In the meantime, the district has apologized on behalf of the high school. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. After a three-year hiatus, Discover Your Potential returned to Blatchley Middle School this month. KCAW's Catherine Rose stopped by on the last day of the program and brings us this audio postcard. Good afternoon, Blatchley Middle School. At this time, if you would like to head to the MPR, you may do so. My, my name is Jeff Richards, but I go by Richie. I'm a para, paraprofessional here at Blatchley. DYP, I think, uh, for me, it was uh, a very unique uh, situation. Um, when I went to school, we never had anything like this. Um, I think the kids love it. Um, it can be uh, overwhelming for everybody involved, but uh, it's kind of really cool to see how the community kind of comes together. And there's, there's volunteers that come all out of the woodwork all over town, um, coming to the school and helping these kids uh, learn something they usually probably won't get a chance to learn. I had Get a Clue with Miss Young, where we attempted to solve unsolved true crime cases. We got to hit things that were like filled with blood and work with blood splatters and fingerprinting, and we got to look at DNA for different objects. So let's line back up, let's do one more drill, and actually let's use this to practice, let's use this to practice our um, demo. I had a Musical vegetables, ping pong, Lego learning, and podcasting. Lego learning, ping pong. What was the other one? Uh, musical vegetables. Please tell me about musical vegetables. Uh, we made um, instruments out of like carrots and sweet potatoes by like cutting holes into them. And then you and then you played songs on them. Um, sometimes my instruments like would just stop working when I get them to work. I think we were going to make one out of a squash, but we just made like carrot slide whistles. I think my highlight was beating because I've never done that before and I found it really relaxing and fun and I made some very beautiful projects. And I also liked Native Youth Olympics because I got to discover unique ways of communication and strength contests and I have never done those before. Um, I think it's important because it can help us find new interests that can help us later in life, and it's a good way to branch out and try something new. Uh, all the classes that are offered here, scuba diving and, and um, you know, cribbage and sketching, ske sketchbook art, beading, um, self-defense, uh, there's, there's just a ton of things, ultimate frisbee, there's a ton of things that these kids can get their hands on, and it and kind of gives them a break from the, the curriculum side of, of education. The voices heard in that audio postcard, in order, were Jeff Ritchie Richards, Alice White, John Swanson, and Olivia Scan.
The local government in Haines has decided to restrict non-traditional housing like yurts and container homes within the community's town site, but only on properties of less than half an acre. The alternative was an all-out ban proposed by the Haines Planning Commission. KHNS's Corinne Smith reports. The Haines Assembly voted to restrict non-traditional dwellings like yurts and container homes on lots smaller than half an acre. They would be allowed in residential zones on properties of a half acre or more. It's a watered-down version of a total ban in the town site that was recommended by the Planning Commission. Assemblymember Gabe Thomas told KHNS that the idea came from looking at parcel maps. I was looking at it going, wow, there's a lot of land out here, two, three-acre lots, five-acre lots, but it was all included in the single-family zoning area. So it made no sense to me to say, hey, why can't they build out there? The original proposal would have completely banned new yurts and container homes to outside the town site. The new version allows them in the single residential zone, which includes neighborhoods like Highland, Skyline, and Cathedral View. For smaller properties of less than half an acre, or the waterfront zone, residents would have to apply for a conditional use permit to be approved by the Planning Commission. If the Planning Commission denies the permit, residents would be able to appeal to the Haynes Assembly. But not everyone was on board with the plan. Haynes Assemblymember Tyler Hooling opposed restricting non-traditional housing. She says yurts are often a more affordable housing option for people starting out in Haynes. This is just like a bad PR move for Haynes. Like it's a bad look from my perspective. And I understand that other people see it really differently. But as a young person who's trying to build a life in this community, it's just like not... um, an appealing prospect to have any sort of personal lifestyle choices limited in this way that are singled out and not really um, not really applied to um, other forms of making a life as well. The assembly passed the measure four to two, with Assemblymember Katie Kirby also casting a no vote. Proponents of the measure had argued that non-traditional housing could put downward pressure on property values. That was the reasoning that led planning commissioners to make their recommendation. Haynes resident Nick Schlostein, who lived in a yurt for five years while he and his partner developed their business, says he's not sure what has been accomplished in a community that already struggles with affordable housing. I'm still unclear as to what problem that's solving. Uh, There's a lot of properties in town that are under that size, and so... It sounds like it's more of a way just to limit it without saying that. Existing structures like yurts and container homes in the borough are grandfathered in, but the measure goes into effect immediately. In Haines, I'm Corinne Smith. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.